Hello, and thank you for joining the podcast called Check Up. I am your host, Kenny Mitchum, and on this podcast, we will be talking primarily about sports. Basketball will be our main focus, but it's not just limited to basketball. We'll be talking a lot about sports in South Carolina, as I am from South Carolina, and the majority of our guests will be from South Carolina. You'll get to hear from players, ex-players, trainers, coaches, and people who are the best at what they do. People we all can learn something from, and people who have dedicated countless hours in the pursuit to perfect their craft. More so people who just win in general. Everyone wants to win, and everyone, everyone wants to be a winner. Everyone wants to hear from a winner, and we all we all want to know what it takes to be a winner. And hopefully this podcast will shed some light on exactly what it takes to do so. Thank you for your time, and thank you for joining. Thank you. Coach Kenny. Joel, certified Cert King Harrison. What's going on, my brother? What's going on, Coach? Not too much. Man, you in the car? Yeah, I'm in the car, man. I'm going down the road, ready to get into this Jordan-LeBron debate. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. You've been thinking about that all day, huh? Oh, no, nah, man. I mean, I lived it when I was a kid. It was just one of those things that just kind of branded my way of thinking. Like, when you grow up seeing the goat, all you see is the goat. And when you don't see a goat, you know it. Right, right, right. All right. Well, before we get into that, um, uh, let me introduce you real quick. Um to everyone who does not know who I am, um, my friend Joel is a very important part of my life. He's um, uh, one of the one of the smartest people that I know. He's a he's one of the best public speakers that I know. One of the most open minded person that I know. Um, he cares about all people, whether you black, white, or candy stripe. Um, <laughs> you know that's my dude, man. Uh, Joel Harrison. Um, that's my guy, man. So how's it going in uh, in Georgia? Man, it actually was really nice today, and then it rained. We haven't had a rain in a little while, so it was actually kind of refreshing. Um, one less day to have to water the lawn, so, you know, that's a plus. Right, definitely. So how, how's, it, <laughs> um, how's it going with, uh, with all the coronavirus stuff going on? Uh, man, if you were here, you would think everything's back to normal. Um, everybody is not really practicing social distancing, except for my wife and I. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, it's it's um how do you think that's going to affect us in the future going forward? Wow, that's a good question, man. Um well, for starters, the short answer is I don't really know, but what I could see is mask being the new norm. Um especially if we have a second wave this year, which will be unfortunate if we do. So it it definitely could I could see where it spirals back up and you know, we have to go back in more so hibernation than quarantine. Of course. Just to stay safe. So, of course. I don't know, man. I hope it's, uh, I hope it was a one and done, but, you know, we, we don't know. So. Yeah. I was telling my, my buddy uh, yesterday that um, just the same thing that you just said. I said, unfortunately, it's going to be the, the new normal now, man. Um, you're just going to be walking into a grocery store, gas station, wherever you go in public, people are going to be wearing masks unfortunately and you it kind of makes you feel like you're in a third world country or something but like i said unfortunately that's the new normal now you know it is you know if you don't have a stylish mask then uh you're not doing it so right right and and for 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 all of you people out there that need masks 
my my friend um my friend Joel has some uh some <laughs> some decorated masks for you, you know. <laughs> so need where, to make some goat masks. Yeah, that's funny. Where would they find those masks at, Joel? Oh uh, man, they can uh, look me up on Facebook, Cert Harrison. Website's coming soon, so. All right. But more, plenty, plenty more to come. Plenty more to come. <laughs> have you been? Uh, speaking of Jordan, have you been keeping up with the Last Dance documentary? I haven't been keeping up with it because I've been waiting to binge watch it. <laughs> so I've purposely um, made myself quarantine from the Last Dance because I really wanted to enjoy it from start to finish. Okay, yeah, because I caught the 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 finale of it last night, which was really good. Um, I missed a week in between there, but um, I, I binge watched uh, four episodes last night, and um, it was pretty good, man. It was really, really good, um, you know. And it, you know, for the most part, it highlighted Jordan, but it also, you know, gave you a behind the scenes look of, of of what was going on behind the scenes, and it also highlighted other players too, such as Pippen and Rodman, um, Steve Kerr. Um, uh, gave you an insight of what you know, Phil Jackson, and what was going on with him, and uh, it, it's really good, man. You'll really enjoy it. Um, you you may be the biggest Jordan fan that I know, and man, you're just gonna. I think it's gonna bring you back to your childhood. I believe, you know. Okay, I got a question for you, Coach. Since you've seen all ten episodes minus one weekend in between, yes. Um. You know, you and I go pretty far back. We didn't have the opportunity to play on the same team. We didn't even get the opportunity to compete against each other. However, we did through a similar coach and a mutual friend of ours right. get an opportunity to meet and really develop a good friendship over the years. Being that you've evolved from player to a coach, what are some of the biggest things that you took away from the last dance now that you have a different mentality and a different respect for the game? Oh, man, that's a great question some of the biggest things that I've taken away. Um, it's, you know, the thing that I always tell people is it's completely different uh, trying to play the game as opposed to trying to teach the game. Um, you know, there's times when I've been out at uh, the school that I coach at and, you, you know, we maybe didn't have enough numbers or whatever. And you try to run up and down the court with these kids, but you're also trying to coach them and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't work like that. Um, because you're you you know you want to you want to coach them and teach them the right way but you you don't think that fast whenever you're playing it's just it's just totally different so for me as you know looking at uh, at the documentary as a coach um and not a player you know the thing that i learned the most um is you have to try and put together uh, chemistry. Uh, that's the thing that you want to build the most is chemistry, chemistry with the team. And you have to gel everybody's personalities together, you know, and I think Phil Jackson did a awesome job of doing that, you know, um, especially when he brought Dennis Rodman on, uh, what a circus that was, you know what I mean? <laughs> the worm. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, um, you know, they knew that he was coming with a handful of problems, but, you know, also, they also had Phil Jackson, who was a mastermind at, um, you know, with people in, you know, uh, developing, you know, personal relationship with them and, you know, um, just gelling, gelling everybody's, um, um, what do you call it, gelling, gelling everybody together, you know, so that's the biggest thing that I took away from it is what a, you know, from a coach's perspective is what is how hard that must have been, you know.
Yeah, absolutely. So, have you got the chance to uh, to read or listen to the ebook um, Eleven Rings by Phil Jackson? No, I haven't. Have you? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, the, he'll take you through the whole mindset. Since you're talking on a coach level, he'll take you through the mindset of what it's like to coach a player like Michael Jordan, coach a team like the Bulls, but also coach different individual personalities like MJ and, uh, you know, Kukoc coming from another country, also Dennis Rodman, and taking those personalities and playing them in a uniform environment. So sure. it's definitely a good read, man. Wow. Yeah, I haven't I haven't checked that out. Um, uh, the only book I think I've read was, uh, as far as basketball-wise, was um, – was Shaq's book. Shaq had a pretty good book. It was it was pretty good, man. But um, no, nah, I have to check that out. Is it on books on audio? Do you know? Yeah, I actually listened to it on YouTube. Um, I had a road trip not too long ago, well, a couple of years ago actually, and I listened to the whole book. Right. Um, it was it was I relived it, and then it also, which I'm sure The Last Dance does a phenomenal job at. It kind of fills in the gaps from the behind the scenes of things that you didn't really know you kind of wondered or you pondered about right. and then all of a sudden you brought it full circle it was like ah i see i see i understand what happened now sure okay all right so um you know everybody wants to bring up the lebron jordan thing um is there ever a <laughs> point where you think lebron may pass jordan uh yeah some in some stats absolutely i mean lebron's a great let's uh give him credit where credit's due um yeah, you know, I think he's the greatest, great of of his era, just like Kobe Bryant was the greatest of his era, and just like Jordan was the greatest of his era. Absolutely, right. And I think I told you, uh, you know, the other day, you know, uh, I heard somebody say uh, there's only uh, one goat, one Mamba, and one king. You know what I mean? And that's true. And, I won't argue with that. <laughs> yeah, and each of them have their, you know, have has have built their legacy. Um, you know, and all all of them are you know, honorable mentions among the great, but I think uh, in, in my personal eyes, I think that Jordan um, is the greatest. I, I, and I'll just go ahead and say it. You know what I mean? Well, I think uh, it's a testament. So since we talked about you being a coach and, you know, obviously thinking differently, one of the biggest takeaways without seeing the documentary, but really understanding Phil Jackson's book is if you take the three and line them up side by side, mm-hmm. I mean, just superb talent and just, I mean, just raw efficiency as far as clutch players. and But the one thing I feel LeBron lacks is the coaching. Right. Like Kobe had the opportunity to get the coach by Phil, and obviously there was a lot of fruit from that. Michael had his years with Phil, and he got six out of that. So I, I feel like Kobe, if he wouldn't have gotten hurt that one season, he would have been up there at number six with uh, MJ, and we would have been comparing Kobe and LeBron still. I mean, Kobe and Jordan, not Kobe and LeBron. I mean – Michael Jordan to LeBron. Right. Um, switching gears for a second, uh, just a quick second. We'll come back to that. But um, Kobe, uh, so, man, I can tell you specifically where I was at. I think every person that I asked this, can you tell me exactly what you were doing and wh- what was going on whenever you heard about Kobe passing away? Man, I was I was actually at home. I believe my wife was in the room. Her parents were in the room. And actually, for some reason, the news was on. That's what it was. My father-in-law was watching the news, and I was sitting in the living room, and all of a sudden it came across the news, and I heard it before I saw it. And I'll never forget that feeling when they when they announced that Kobe Bryant was killed in a fatal helicopter crash. I just stared at the TV. I was like, wow. wow. Like, I didn't even know what to say. I just went numb for a second. It was just like, no, right. this can't be right. 
Wow. <laughs> yeah, I think every every person that's a basketball fan can tell you exactly what they were doing and what was going on when they heard that news. I know um, me and uh, my friend Seth were, uh, we took our sons to the um, big uh, monster truck show and it came across my watch, man. It was just, uh, you know, the news comes up on my, on my Apple watch and, and, and I showed Seth that and both of us just kind of looked at each other and immediately we started scrolling the, the internet, hoping that it wasn't true. And, uh, just kept popping up, man. And, um, it's, you know, it just, man, put it, put it into the perspective because that's not supposed to happen to him. You know what I mean? I mean, uh, not at all. Know, I mean, I, I felt like he was doing so many great things in the community and with basketball and man, just a great, great guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah, that was, that one hurt, man. That one, that one definitely hurt. Right. Um, so if the, so let me ask you this. So obviously the NBA has stopped right now. If the NBA, should the NBA continue this season? Uh, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, in defense of LeBron, man, I think it's only right to postpone the playoffs and push it off. And if worst case scenario comes, they have to kind of run the playoffs into next year's season. I think that's the right and the correct thing to do. I mean, because it's uncontrollable. It's not, it's not his fault. Um, but also to piggyback on that, I feel like it would be a wise decision on the league's behalf because they're in the runnings to win the championship. LeBron needs a ring. Uh, we lost Cove this year, so I think for Laker Nation, it would definitely be a huge win if they bring a bring a ring home. So I think I think they should I think they should push to still have it, man. To be honest, in all fairness, yes, I, I agree. Um, you know, I, you know, I'm not a gigantic LeBron fan, but he, man, give him credit where it's due, man. He, you know, he put together a monster, like you, I think you said last night, like a monster team, and and I feel like <laughs> right. they're in the front running for. Uh, for winning the championship, and the best thing about this NBA season is, um, for the for for the first time in a long time, a lot of NBA teams are, it's balanced. You know what I mean? There's you know it could be anybody's you know take. You know what I mean? But I really really feel like the Lakers would have took it this year. Uh, but it also could have been the Clippers. Um, you know they got the Rockets. They got you know they the you got the Greek Freak over there in the East. He's you know he's tearing things up. So it could be it, it's a it's a whole number of teams that could you know possibly win the championship and um and and from a from a fan's standpoint it, it was just really really competitive and it's good to see you know because because the whole time LeBron was in the east you knew who was going to to the championship from the east side you know what I mean and oh yeah um you know when what once he went to the west it just it, it things you know the east became instantly competitive and so you know, I, I just think you know it's just a from a from a fan standpoint, it's it's good for the game of basketball. But I, I do agree that the NBA should continue this season and at least give LeBron the opportunity to, you know, to to see if see how how they can you know fare up with the rest of the with the rest of the league. You know, I mean, I feel like he he's invested so much in into the game and himself and you know the the shape he's in right now. There's not any really too many other players at his age that's even in the past that have been in that kind of conditioning. So it's very impressive to see 
his athleticism at age, what, 34, 35, or however old? What's his age right now exactly? Is it 35? Yeah, I'm not really sure. Because he's 17 years in the league. He came in at 18. So, yeah, he's in that range. But, yeah, that's impressive, man. Right. And the thing, the thing that impresses me the most is, man, this dude does not get injured. He's like Superman on steroids, man. You know what I mean? He's – he plays every, you know, every game that he can, you know what I mean? And, and he just doesn't get hurt. I don't know what he's, I don't know, man. That's crazy. Yeah, the only thing I feel like is his weaknesses is those leg cramps. You know, <laughs> he had to be carried off, had to be carried off the leg cramps. <laughs> while Kobe tore his Achilles and still went out there and shot that free That's throw right. and walked off the court. Right. Oh, wait, wait, Jordan had a flu game, didn't he? That's right. He did have a flu hey, game. Hey, <laughs> so let me ask you this. So, with you being, uh, you know, somewhat of an elite point guard whenever you were in high school, you were mostly a passer. Uh, I don't know that you really cared, um, you know, about scoring that much. I think you were more in it for the, you know, to see see how, you know, accurate you can get your passes. And, you know, that's one of the things I loved about playing with you is, is um, man, just the, just the passes and your timing was so on point. And, um, you know, my question to you is, is there anybody – in the league now that that you kind of gravitate towards and you and you watch as a as an elite point guard as a you know as a great passer. Yeah, that's uh. Are we talking? I, I know you said now. Can we can we broaden that up and just yeah, say yeah. all time? Of course, of course. Um. So I feel like my very first biggest influence in the game was Pistol Pete Maravich. Really. Um. I watched that documentary of him when I was a little kid. I did every drill on that movie. I practiced dribbling the ball between my legs, rolling it around, and doing all the tricks. And I think that progressively evolved into watching the and one street ballers because I was more of a street ball player than an organized sure. um, collegiate player. But uh, I, I was fascinated by being able to take a defender and completely trick them into the direction they think I'm going when I'm really going the opposite direction. Right. And I just, I've always been fascinated by creating and making things happen out of nothing or seeing things that other people can't see or hitting somebody in the hands when they least expect it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's so, yeah, it's a, one of the things I used to hate uh, playing against you and guarding you is, <laughs> man, you used to, you know, the things that you could do with that basketball and, and it would make you so mad. Like if, if I'm, if I'm standing you know, in front of you, you're going to go right by me because you're so quick. And, um, and then you're going to talk trash the whole, the whole time. And that's what it used to make me so mad is, you know, there was nothing that you could do um, because you were so quick. So, you know uh, yeah. So hats off to that, man. Uh, you know, but let me, let me also ask you this. So you went to, you were, so were you, you were at Ferndale. Did you play basketball at Ferndale? I played I played basketball at Ferndale. I played JV sixth and seventh grade and varsity eighth through tenth grade. You did okay, gotcha. Yes. All right, um, and for for anybody that doesn't know where Ferndale is, it's in Charleston, South Carolina. It's <laughs> on Rivers, but it's all the way down Rivers Avenue. It's you know there's basically nothing down there, and um, it's uh, yeah it's in, not in the greatest of neighborhoods, but it's it's a um, you know it uh, we used to play against you guys all the time and. Um, you guys always had a good, good, good team, man. And um, so at what point did you – so, oh, let me back up. So 
how can you explain uh maybe how 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 was it going to Ferndale? What 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 did you experience going to Ferndale? How you know how what was that like? Um man, that's uh let's see, what was it like going to Ferndale? It was it was like being in the it was like a, being a circle in a room full of squares. Okay. All right. And I don't mean that in a negative way. I, I mean that when you're so used to playing a certain style of basketball right. and then you let, that's in the street and you bring that into an organized, you know, a, a game that has referees and officials, it's almost like it puts restraints on you. Sure. Um, it was a good experience. Like, I, it, it really helped me focus on the fundamentals versus the, the flash and the show and all the, all the extra things that come along with you know, when you feel like you have handles and you see the game in a different light. But um, I think it was a good experience. It, like like I said, it really it really helped me focus on the fundamentals. I had a coach that was a great guy, but on, on the coach, he was very old school and traditional. He didn't like anything behind the back, through the legs. It was very – it was kind of like the John Stockton way of playing basketball. Who was the coach? Which is very uh, – Bill Schenkel. Who was the coach? Bill Schenkel. Bill Schenkel? Yep, Bill Schinkel. Yep, his he had two sons, Brent and uh, okay, Matt Schinkel. Yeah, dad was a great guy, great coach. He just didn't like the the flash. He was very he was almost like um, right. was it Bobby Knight? Didn't like the fast break, like to slow sure. the game down. Very yeah, very controlled paced game. Gotcha. And so you went from Ferndale and you moved a little bit further, uh, a little bit closer down rivers uh, to a school called Harvest Baptist, right? Went to another, yep, went there, played played for Coach Jay, who was our mutual yes. friend and that so we know. so for anybody that doesn't know who Jay Godbold is, um, Jay is a legendary coach in the Lowcountry area. Um, he coached Absolutely. at Harvest Baptist. He coached, um, then went on to uh, go to a school called Sea Island Academy, which later in, in, in date turned turned into Charleston Collegiate. Um, and he coached there for what he coached there for maybe 15 years, maybe. Um, yeah, I think a good solid yeah. 15 because, yeah, it's yeah, been a 15 had a years, correct. State championships there. Um, had the had the court named yep. after him uh, when he re- when he retired at that school, and now he's cu- currently coaching at Low Country Leadership, which is in Hollywood, South Carolina, and um, he's building that program up, doing a great job on that as well. Um, now, I now one thing I noticed about Jay, um, the Jay now, uh, as opposed to the Jay back when you played for him, is you know he's way more mellow now than he was back then how was it playing for jay godbolt back in the 90s when you played for him man that, there's so many things that i could say about playing for coach jay um you know looking back at it now he was younger than i am now when he coached me when i was that age uh, i think jay was 27 years old he was in the military at the time um definitely had a a very I'm not sure what his role was I just know he was in a leadership position in the military man it, it, for me it was not a career changer but it was a game changer on all levels because when you go from a very structured traditional coach to a super talented player that can coach at the level that he plays but he also has that military background where he's not going to let you slack up he truly has your best interest at heart and he pours 1,000% into his players on and off the court, man. So he was almost like a 
not a second father figure to me, but man, somebody that I, I'll always look up to and I'll always admire just because of what they invested into me for the year and a half, two years that I had him as a coach. Right. Yeah. One thing I can say about Jay is he's always pouring into the kids. He's, he's always, you know, whenever somebody else's, you know, kids feel like somebody else isn't there, they always can count on him. He's always just continually pouring and pouring and pouring his out as everything that he knows and, you know, want and want to, to help kids do better. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, I mean, but- just to give you an example of the kind of coach he is, man, like I got in some trouble my junior year going into my senior year and I wasn't able to stay at home anymore. I had to switch schools and he actually opened up his home. Um, where I was able to come and stay in a different school district because I had gotten in trouble over the summertime, man. So, yeah, man, like he's one of those guys that when he coaches you, it's almost like he looks at you like a son and like that that never changes. So I, I He's somebody I could call up right now if I had an issue and he'd pick the phone up and man, have a conversation with me still. That's just the kind of relationship and the kind of leader he is in his life every day. Right. And so his coaching styles from back then to to, to now – um, man, I remember the first time I seen, uh, as I think I was maybe 15 years old, the first time I seen him co- coach you guys, um, I mean, I thought he was going to fight you guys sometimes, man. <laughs> right. You he know, was the best, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, because he, he, he was a great player and, um, I think he, I believe he probably could have made it, uh, if not to the NBA to really, really close to being in the NBA. Uh, you know, he was, he was a great player, you know, and, and, you know, and I think that passion, um, overflowed from, from, you know, from the court to being on, to to being on the sidelines, you know? Yeah. I remember him telling us the story of Sharon with us one time he tried out, I cannot remember the team that he tried out for, but it was an NBA team and they kept 15 people at the tryouts or either 13, mm-hmm. but he missed it by two people. Wow. And just, just knowing his level of skill, like that says a lot because if he didn't make that top 13 or top 15 and he was number either 15 or 17, mm-hmm. like they had to have some killers out there on the court. Man. He was <laughs> exactly. <an> <laughs> Right, exactly. Um, so you you uh, you play for Jay at um at Harvest Baptist, and I did. then did you play basketball beyond that, or was that it? That was the that was the last year that I was able to play any high school sports. Okay, I didn't compete after that. I didn't go to college and play any sports after that. I just stayed in the street and just kind of played for fun and picked up and you know. Just enjoyed the game, but no, I never, I didn't go past the high school level in, in basketball. Gotcha. Okay, so and so I want to ask you this: so, um, what have you taken from the game of basketball and transitioned into uh, into life? Into what 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 have you taken from the game of basketball and added it? You know, what what has it added to you today? Hmm. So I was. I was forced into the point guard role. I remember when I was younger, I'm going to answer your question with a story, but um, I remember being in maybe first, second grade before I even knew, knew how to pick up a basketball and do anything with it. They would make us do drills in PE with dribbling the ball and doing layups. Um, You know, we do other sports like kickball, but it was something about bringing the ball up the court and controlling it from the time it was inbounded and bringing it all the way up and really creating and, you know, using your movements or using your eyes to direct people or direct the defense or, or derail the defense. 
Mm-hmm. So the short answer for your question is what has it done in life for me, the game of basketball? I think being a point guard and having that control factor, but right. being able to create in the moment and seeing things before they happen or creating things before they even move, um, okay. I think has been a huge takeaway from the game of basketball and the game of life for me. Awesome. And how, how, um, how um, is so, so a lot of basketball players, they have a routine uh, that they, you know, that they do or they go through or whatnot. How important is routine to you in, in life in general? Man, being an entrepreneur, man, routines are important, but sometimes they don't work effectively. Okay. Um, I think I like the organized chaos. That's where I thrive and where I dwell. Um, but routine, again, in certain things, Man, that's such a broad question. I could probably talk about that all night. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of depending on the situation. Routine is critical, but um, also not you know freelance and being able to freestyle and create in the moment is where I really live and thrive. Um, again, I mean, I, I got that from basketball, but I think the only one routine I had it as far as basketball was the Michael Jordan free throw routine. Okay, couple dribbles, spin it back, set, and then shoot. Sick. I copied his routine to a T all through high school. <laughs> Anytime I got to the line, right, right, I got you. All right, well, that's all the questions that I really had, and um, and man, I um, uh, really appreciate you sharing um your stories, sharing your um, you know, your your uh, sharing basketball. You know what I mean? Um, uh, anything else on your mind that, that we we did you want to talk about? Yeah, let me ask you a couple questions, Coach, since you, since you got that Mamba mentality these days. Let's do it. So if you had to put a top five together all time, professional NBA players, doesn't have to be in a particular order, but who would who would be in your top five? I'm just curious. <laughs> all right. Um, Magic. Mm. Michael at the two. Kobe at the three. Uh-huh. I got to go with Durant and Shaq as my top five. Wow. So that's a solid five that's right there. Solid. Man. What What would you say would be your top five of all time? Uh, I'm at a toss up at the one position between D Rose and I'd have to say Magic Johnson as well. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Prime D Rose is tough, man. Yeah. I, I feel like the vision that Magic, Magic has is something that I, that I, definitely looked up to and respected the way he can throw a rock with no looking right. but then the quickness and the crossovers and just the the raw talent of d rose i mean at that one position if i could blend those two together and give him a steph give him a steph three-point shot i mean mm-hmm. that would that would be the next goat for me but no i i you know what? i'm gonna go with my guns i'm gonna stick with my bulls i'm gonna go with d rose at number one Obviously, I'm going to go with the GOAT, number two, hands down, not up for a debate. He is the GOAT. Yep. So, number three, I'm going to go number three with the older, mature Kobe at small forward. Okay. All right. Just because how he sees the game, how he knows how to play. He's, I mean, he's Mr. Clutch himself. Um, I'm going to go with Giannis at number four. Ooh, let's go. Nice. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm a bump Giannis number five because where he's at in his game now, he could almost play any position. Sure, sure. So I'm going to put LeBron at number four, and I'm going to put Giannis at number five. 
Nice. That's solid, man. That's solid. I think he'd have his work cut out for him against Shaq, but uh <laughs> Yeah, but Shaq Shaq would have his uh work cut out with him on on the defensive end, you know what I mean? Absolutely. So um here's another question I want to ask you. If you could go back and tell your younger self um one thing that you know will help help him, what 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 could you what what type of wisdom could you share with your younger self? Man, be a better student of the game. Okay. Looking back at all the greats now, one thing that they really did well is they they were students of the game. I, I wasn't necessarily a student of the game. I was more so just passionate about the game. Hands down. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I was the same way. I really didn't study the game. Um, man, I just want to get on the court and lace them up and just, you know, whatever happens, I'm going to react to it and I'm going to, you know, overcome any type of adversity. But, you know, what I learned um, in life is the more that you study uh, whatever it is, um, you know, the more prepared you are. And, um, you know, the more prepared you are, the more uh, the better you put yourself in the position to win, you know. And, yeah. And so that's what I yeah, I agree with that, man. That's a great, great point. Um, well, that's all I got, man, to be honest with you. Um, you know, I just wanted to, um, I thank you for coming on the podcast and, um, you know, I definitely want to do it again for sure. So I will hit you up, man. I appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the podcast and, um, I will, I will, I, I, I I appreciate you, man. Yeah. We got to have a, we got to have episode or a second version of this when we get down to the comparisons of who of the greats <laughs> yeah because i know you got some stats on jordan and i'm telling you man LeBron. i'm waiting to, i'm waiting to get into debate where it's gonna be you know and i don't even think at this point it's fair to debate kobe i think kobe is gonna he, he branded himself he created his own legacy and he's legendary in his own right um but to, to close out the podcast and give you a segue for the next time that I get an invitation on. Yeah. You know, I don't even feel like LeBron's even in the conversation of Kobe yet to even be compared to Jordan yet. Very true. Very true. So, but I'll leave you on that note. So the next time we, we get, we get the chance to have the discussion, maybe you can have um, a third party on the line and we, that's a true LeBron head and we can go at it toe to toe. Yeah. Cause I can't, I can't stand, I can't stand, uh, I can't even stand in the same room with you on the, uh, on the goat conversation. You know what I mean? You just, you, you, you know, it by, by, uh, by memory hands down, you know? <laughs> so, well, I mean, if you remember the, the championship in Miami in 2013, mm -hmm. that was probably one of my favorite championships outside of the bull six because I got to watch it with you and we were standing up on your coffee table when Ray Allen hit that three and we almost lost our mind. <laughs> do you remember that? I do remember that. Man. man, that was the craziest shot, man. And I'm telling you, and LeBron gets credit for giving that pass out there, but man, that was the biggest shot I've seen in years. Yes. <laughs> I almost hit my head on my ceiling fan that night. Oh man. Was your son was your son born yet? I can't remember. I don't think so, man. I don't I don't I don't think so, but that was the that was crazy. June 2013 that shot went up and yes. Yeah, that that was a that was a crazy series, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I appreciate you, man, and I'll get at you. I appreciate you coming on the podcast, bro.
All right, coach. Yes, sir. Bye-bye.